0: All right, guys, what is up? Wednesday, October the 5th, 2022. Appreciate you all tuning in. We are live here on The Daily Crow. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of TDC, of the Spurs Up Show. What's going on? I see XM Gad, Connor Lee, Travis Lee, John Edward Jimmy DO, C Youngblood, Jeff Gulledge, Connor McComish, Stephen Borwell Jr., Travis, Stephanie Lee. we got a packed house today. John Edward, Chase Floyd. Also, those in the Big Cock Club Discord, have the TDC Questions Channel, the TDC Questions Channel, to be sure that your questions are... Answered there. Guys, normally we have Anthony Trish on the show of Pro Football Focus at 1205 to kick us off. Uh, he will actually be joining us at 105 today. So, a full first hour of your questions, your comments, your calls. I want to hear from you, your thoughts as we sit here on this Wednesday of Kentucky Week. As we sit on this Wednesday of Kentucky Week. Guys, of course, as always, before we really get rolling, TDC brought to you by our friends over at Price Picks. Go download the Price Picks app, go to pricepicks.com, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. And, of course, if you're not familiar, Price Picks is all about prop plays, passing yards, rushing yards, interceptions, touchdowns, and it's not just for college football or for the NFL, it's for every single sport. You can play NBA, NHL, MLB. Of course, MLB playoffs are upcoming, by the way. Shout out all my Braves fans. The Braves are yet again NL East champions. It is a bad day to be p I don't know where P-Dawk is. Uh, somebody check in on p Yes, Connor, I've got the shirt here in the background. I have not hung it up yet. Um, still kind of trying to figure out where I want to hang it up, and I felt like, you know what, putting it in the background, though, the signed Beamer Rattler shirt. I appreciate my guy, Connor, hooking us up with that. By the way, today is a special day because I got my guy, Jack, in the studio. We got a bit of a live audience doing some work for uh, the good folks with USC. I don't know, video journalism. I'm going to mess that up. But either way, uh, doing some work for USC. We got a bit of a live audience. You guys can't see him, of course. But, uh, yeah, today's a fun one. Today's a fun one. I appreciate you guys tuning in. But, again, Go sign up at PrizeFix. I got a little off track there. Go sign up with PrizeFix. Use the promo code TSUS, a 100% deposit match, up to $100. And so many of you, so many of our listeners have made tons of money with our friends at PrizeFix. And I will say, guys, as I tell you all before, you may not think it means a whole lot or, oh, if I sign up, no big deal. It helps the business immensely, immensely. So, uh, Connor says, you should be debating if you even want to hang it up. It might be a lawn mowing shirt by the end of of the season well Connor I say this for many of you out there it might be but that one specifically it's kind of like one of those historical moments right in the history of the business where you make this shirt I actually want to get another frame for one of my Beamer Ball shirts And, and I don't even it's not even signed but it's just like you know it's it's a it's a notable time in history right we'll look back in 10 years but remember that remember the remember the Beamer Rattler merch line. Remember the remember the Beamer Ball? Hopefully, we're still rocking the Beamer Ball merch line at that point, but either way, it's still a cool thing, and Connor, I appreciate you getting it signed and taking care of that for us. Again, guys, phone lines are open 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. I do want to hear from you. Of course, podcast did drop this morning, guys, episode 711- uh, full breakdown of what everything Shane Beamer had to say in his Tuesday press conference. Also, of course, we're talking gambling, best bet for South of Kentucky, as well as the SEC gambling picks for a Pack week six slate. And we have a great conversation, right? We have a great conversation um, with our good friend from College Sports Now. Really appreciate him taking the time. Uh, Stephen Hartzell, College Sports Now gives his thoughts on the Gamecocks, SEC football, Shane Beamer, Spencer Rattler, all that good stuff. And you guys might not be familiar with College Sports Now, I'll tell you. I want to give a quick shout-out to them at CS now tweets. But, uh, you know, when, when you do what I do, obviously, you don't spend a lot of time consuming other content, and that's not meant as a knock as anyone necessarily in, the, in, the, uh, in, in this space or anything like that. But, uh, you know, you just stay so busy doing your own thing. That uh, you know, I, I don't spend time listening to other shows or really consuming other content because I'm so busy producing my own. College Sports Now was one of those podcasts that back in 2017, 2016, even I was listening to those guys. And one of those shows that I really just thoroughly enjoyed. So to get uh, to get Stephen Hartzel, to get Stephen Hartzell on the show and, and to get his feedback and just be able to have a casual conversation with him was really, really cool. It was really, really cool. Um, let's see. Anyways. Let's see. Courtney Washington. What's up, my guy? Phil. Hey, Phil, I see you doing work, man, with Jack's Rangers. I appreciate you tuning in. You're doing a fantastic job, by the way. You know if you ever need anything just to let me know. Uh, Travis Allen says, early prediction, 41 to 31, Kentucky. Okay, you think it's going to be that high scoring? 41 to 31 is what you got. Guys, if you want to go ahead, lock in. Some- Welcome. Let's go ahead and jump to the phone line. Jeff, what's up, man? How are you? Hey,
1: what's going on, Chris?
0: Just hanging out, man. What's going on?
1: Hey, quick thing. So, I just wanted to uh, touch on some things here. I know uh, I, I've been kind of vocal here that I, about this week's game. I don't think we're going to pull this one out. I would love for us to, but I don't think we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, in order for us to do this and – I kind of need all of the fan base to understand this. I view this game like I did the Arkansas game, where we were never going to shut them down, but we have to keep up with them. Mm-hmm. And i say in that because Kentucky will score over 21 points on it. I have a feeling guaranteed it's going to be 21 plus points. If it's below that, our defense did a outstanding job. Outstanding. Yeah. But I'm going to say they're going to go 21 plus points. So that's all we need to talk about the defense there. Offensively, and this is where I have been. Of course, you know, I'm vocal about I'm done with that because this is where I am and the fan base needs to, I guess, kind of understand that concept. We have to hang with them. They score, we have to score. If our defense is able to stop them once, we have to score. We have to capitalize. We get the turnovers. we have to capitalize. We're going to get shut down a couple times, they're going to score. So it's going to be a shootout if we're in the game. I don't think we have the offensive scheme to do that.
0: So, you would, I, I, you would take the over 49. You said you think South Carolina, if they win, it has to be in a shootout. Am I understanding you correctly? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
2: it's
1: it's going to be – if we were to win the game, it's going to be 30-plus points on both sides. Hmm. Just because that we have to. But we don't have the offensive scheme to do that. Now, we have the players because I hear – so many people say we just don't have the talent, and I'm sorry, it's just a lame take to me. We have the talent because if you look at other schools, you got a&, uh Appalachian State beat a And We have better talent than they do. You have what Missouri State beat. Notre Dame or somebody whoever it was we have better talent than them and I made the comment yesterday take Mississippi State we are right above the talent wise I believe we're not like hugely above them but we are right there with them but above them you know what I mean does that make sense
0: Right. No, I, I, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I, I would just say when the one the teams, one thing I disagree with you the most on is that I think if South is going to win, I think it's got to be a low-scoring game. I, I, I don't think we're going to win a shootout. <laughs> I just don't see it happening. I, there ain't nothing I've seen offensively that tells me we're going to go up and down the field on Kentucky. And I think they're going to want right. to run the football on a defense that hasn't shown against quality competition. It can run the ball, and Chris Rodriguez is averaging 7.6 yards per carry in his career against the Gamecocks. So, I I just – you know, I think if Kentucky scores 30-plus, you have literally no chance to win the game. I mean, just absolutely none. I think if they score 30-plus, you're probably going to get blown out. So,
1: I'm I, i not saying your point's unfair.
0: I'm not saying your point's unfair. I just – I don't – you know, I I don't think it's a hot take to say we ain't going to score 30-plus this weekend. If we do, I I mean, I'd love to be wrong, but –
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I, I got – I hope I'm wrong, and I want us to go in there and blow them out. We just have never done that in Kentucky, really, uh, not of late. Um, but that, that's – I guess kind of to what I'm saying is we don't have – we to yet we have proved – I mean, throw away the South Carolina State, the Charlotte game. We have yet to prove we've been able to move the ball up and down the field at will. And to what I was making, my point about Mississippi State, Mississippi State, when you play them, you know they're going to score. <laughs> you know, you gotta keep, you got to keep up with them because they're going to score. Again, we have better talent than they do, but we can't match that. And that comes back to
2: coaching. Yeah.
1: And like I said, I'm done with that because of what I saw in these last two games that Yeah, we won by big margins, but look who we played. It just doesn't – the eye test doesn't seem like everything's connecting.
2: Yeah.
0: Offensively.
1: And And correct me if I'm wrong now, isn't his contract up this year?
0: Yes, yes. Marcus Satterfield's contract is up at the end of this season, yes.
1: Okay, so having said that, one or two things. I don't think he's going to fire him midseason because you're already going to pay him for the year. If you fire him, why not just keep him on board and do something? Maybe he takes call duties away from him. I don't know. But I think that there, there will be a change after this game if it goes horribly. Um, and they'll have the off the bye week to work on that. End of the season or toward the end of the season. My hopes and dreams is that Beamer does one thing and follows the Saban blueprint. And what I mean by that is Saban has laid it out that your OC and DC basically need to be head coaches of another school. You be the CEO, you know what you're doing. Beamer's been in the game long enough. He knows a good offense. He knows what plays are going on. To keep it going, I I would hope he would target people like Tom Herman, Scott Frost, Dan Mullen. Not that we may get those guys, but go after the big guys, pay them, give them money. Right. We need somebody to come in and say, Hey, listen, come in here, run your offense. Two years, you'll have another head coaching job. And he needs to be in the mindset every two years. Just like Saban, I'm gonna to have to change out my OC. I'm gonna to have to change out my DC. And that's that's my hope that he does toward the end of the season. The only reason I say he probably won't do it till the end of the season, towards the end of the season, because he's got to get the recruiting going. Mm-hmm. You got to have a good OC to start signing those days since it's in December now. So he's gonna to have to be quick with that decision if he's not already working on it knowing that that contract's up. He probably will not renew that contract, Right, you know, just letting right. go.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, I, and I've said my piece on SAT, man, this is sort of the game for me. I mean, this is the game for me. It's not sort of the game for me. It is the yeah. game for me that if, if it doesn't click, I, I will lose all hope and faith and optimism that it will click It at any point this season, because again, Kentucky, quality football team, give them credit, but they're not Georgia. They're not Alabama. They don't have a, you know, they, they don't have all Americans at every position. They've got quality players, but this is a team you should be able to have some success and and, uh, exactly. you know, if it doesn't, if it doesn't at minimum look like, you know, what you're doing and there isn't some creativity and we don't see a willingness to, to do things that are maybe outside of the norm, right. Then, then I think we'll, right. then I think we'll know, uh, Jeff, I appreciate the call, man. Really, really good stuff. Great insight. No and, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of what you're saying, I think more than likely it's probably going to come to fruition. So it, it'll be interesting to follow for sure yeah. down the, down the line. Yep, for sure, man. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Have a good one. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Great call. Great stuff. Hey, that was great perspective. No, for sure. Um, and I know many of you feel the same and it's funny. I was just on with uh, J.C. Sherbert and Phil Mullinax of uh, Inside the Gamecocks. And we were talking about this and, and, you know, I, I told him jokingly, but you know, I, I agree with it 110%. And by the way, on this note, coordinator press conferences are happening right now. So if you want to hear what Marcus Satterfield and Clayton White have to say and, you know, Clayton – or excuse me, Marcus Satterfield has gotten to a point where every week, you know, of course, I, I post graphics with with quotes from players
3: They're
0: things are intriguing. Marcus Satterfield is just giving me golden quotes on a weekly basis. Chase, what's going on, man? How are you? What is up, man? I know you got some heat for us, my man, so go ahead and fire away.
2: Yeah, you know, Jeff, we are not on the same level as Kentucky. I'm not I'm not bashing you, man. Like I'm not knocking you like I really am not the beauty's in like, the banter chase the, with the, the beauty
0: person. of this show is you can respectfully disagree and nobody's going to hopefully nobody's going to take it personal but go ahead anyway like like
2: we all came in with these garnet color glasses I hated on um Dave Crane for his taste I hated anyone that said we were going to do worse than 6 and 6 mm. but you know what he saw through the garnet color glasses he he actually has given us an an insight to the reality that we most likely have faced now as Gamecock fans and what we see in this team that we all thought was not going to be. We thought Sidenfield was going to pull through. We thought Spencer Rattler was going to be. Now, granted, I did not think he was going to be a Heisman contender. I I think he's a great quarterback. I thought he was going to be an amazing quarterback. And he has moments. But the matter of the fact is this guy has not lived up to what we need. This guy is not – he is not fitting in Satterfield's team. If we had an air raid offense or anything else, then I feel like, you know, that, that's great, and he's going to fit – he would fit better in that. But right now he is not playing well. And, I, and you can argue all you want about the O-line. You can argue all you want about Xavier Leggett, whoever else may be. Now, I'm not a content creator, so I'm not at the due, due diligence of being canceled for calling out a player. But all I'm going to say is, is that even after the O-line has tightened up and played better, this guy still looks like absolute dog shit. Like he has had his moments, don't get me wrong. He has shown like, great throws that you know we've, we have not seen from a lot of other Cop quarterbacks. Mm. But I have seen a lot of other Gamecock quarterbacks make better calls than he has. I have seen Perry Orth make better decision-making than he has. I have seen Jake Bentley throw the ball better than he has or make better throws or actually get more touchdowns than interceptions in a game. It is ridiculous. It is upsetting that we have a guy that we all want to put above other quarterbacks that are fighting to take his spot. But you know what, just because what he did at Oklahoma, just because what his recruiting ranking is just because what Satterfield wants, we're not giving the other guys a chance. It's so funny that before the season started, we still had all this, Hyped for Rattler, we all started even talking about how hard Doty was working and what Beamer was saying about Doty. Doty is a true Gamecock to the heart, man. Doty is playing for the organization. He's not playing on a pro or a college free agent contract to go to the NFL. He's playing for the Gamecock. He was recruited as the Gamecock. Now, my take is Fire Satterfield and Spencer got to go one way or another, or bench if he comes back, because Doty looks better in the system. Doty looks like he's, he's made some mistakes. Don't get me wrong. Doty is not perfect. I'm not sitting here saying Doty is the God-given mishap that we are not having at quarterback right now. But he looks more pumped up and fired to be in there than Rattler does. And I understand Rattler wants to go NFL. I'm not saying he's out there just to fuck around and lose to Georgia by 41 points and not score more than 10 points against Georgia or, you know, Whatever else may be, he had a great game against Arkansas. I think that was, you know, one of his best games of the season. But we have played South Carolina State, a team more abysmal than Coastal. We have played—I'm sorry, Chris—remind me, Charlotte, Charlotte, who had the worst defense, the worst defense in the NCAA, possibly worse than South Carolina State. And he did not throw more—I believe he did not throw more touchdowns than interceptions against. Our two worst opponents on our schedule. And if that does not tell you more than what you need, then my friend, you need some lightning. You need to be enlightened. You need something, man. I'm tired of it. We don't look like a Gamecock team right now. We may wear we may wear the Gamecock logo on the side of our heads, on, on our helmets, on our shirts, but that team out there is not look like a Gamecock team. If We want to go back to who we are as an organization. Have that pride again. We need to get rid of Sirefield and Spencer's got to get benched unless he's shown something different. Because we're putting recruiting rankings and bullshit-ass praise from the past ahead of the players who actually give a shit. So, Jeff, once again, we are not that team. I believe we can be. The season is not over. I'm not throwing in the towel. But right now, the team I'm looking at is not that team. I see it in in certain players. I see it in Antoine Wells, how he's played. He's shown out. He's, he's, He's had a better receiving game versus uh, Arkansas than I've seen from any of our wide receivers is Bebo. He hasn't been there a lot lately since then, but, I mean, hell, you got a guy who's got over 150 yards receiving in a game, they're going to have their best DBs on them. Mm. But we've seen that Marshawn Lloyd, he, him striking out. I don't, where the hell is Jaheim Bell? Where are all our, our skill players we talked about that Beaver said that these guys are going to go to the NFL? Why the hell are they at running back? Why are they not lined up? But, I mean, it's just getting ridiculous, man. And, I mean, I don't know what the hell Satterfield's smoking to where this offense is not having Jaheim, Bell, Antoine, Wells. And, I'm sorry, Xavier Leggett himself threw two interceptions versus South Carolina State. So, he need, he needs to get benched. I'm sorry. I don't know. I saw that death try release, and I'm like, I don't know if Beamer's clapping for him in the facilities when he's giving out more interceptions to our defense in practice, but he's got he's got he's got to get benched, man. He, he's not, I, I just, I, in versus soccer on the state too, man, it's not like we were playing a regular SEC opponent. We weren't playing anyone worth a damn. That guy had a practice game to get his shit straight and he gave up two interceptions. I'm tired, man. shit got to change. This Kentucky game or I'm looking at Mizzou. We can't lose in Mizzou. And we especially cannot lose the Vanderbilt. We lose the Vanderbilt, I'm, I'm, I'm canceling my subscription on cable, calling it in, and hopefully shit changes on the off season. Not to say we can't have hope, but guys, y'all need to, y'all need to start looking at this team for what it is, because y'all don't start calling out Deemer <laughs> and putting him on the, on the heat, and he's going to keep fucking Satterfield around. He's going to keep a quarterback that don't give as much of a damn as maybe some other quarterbacks do. Thank you, Chris.
0: Chase, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Drop the mic. Bring the heat. Wow. Okay. So it's officially happened. It's after five games and the week of Kentucky, we've now got folks calling in and I I, I respect Chase. That was a fantastic call. I like and respect folks that bring the heat voice, their opinion and don't give a damn what you think about it. Uh, But we've now got folks that are calling for Spencer Rattler to be benched. So, and that's what happens when you lose games and your quarterback statistics look the way they do. And, um, uh, I get I, I I will say this. I, I will say this. Um, and no, Connor Lee asks, is this the Spurrier Enthusiasm guy? No, that was Chase Orvin, who Chase is actually in the Big Cock Club, comments in the Discord all the time. Um, yeah, ha- has a lot of, um, valuable insight and commentary, and I, I appreciate Chase's call. I really do. I, I'll say this, though. I'll, I'll kind of take that combo and pivot this way, because I don't think Spencer Rattler's getting benched. I, I I just I don't see it happening. You, you did not bring him in, and, and I think it's one of those things. Man, I I don't know if you were to bench Spencer Rattler, what would it say? What would it say? You know, I, I, would it would it would it really be something that was beneficial for your football team? I I, just, I don't think so. I don't think so. Now, with that being said, I will tell you this: as we all know, Luke Doty has played in four games. He has hit that four-game mark. And if he plays anymore, he will burn his red shirt. If I'm Luke Doty, and some of you will adamantly disagree with this, and that's totally fine. Because, again, Spencer Rattler's not going to get benched. If I'm Luke Doty, I'm telling this coaching staff, listen, if, if, if Spencer gets hurt, Right, If there's an opportunity for me to start and play significant snaps, I'm game. But if not, I'm opting out the rest of the year. I'm saving my red shirt. And I know some of you may scoff and, how could you say that? Luke Doty, if you're Luke Doty, I think you got to be selfish, man. I think you got to think about yourself. Um, this is a guy that wants to be a starting quarterback. This is a guy I think that can be a starting quarterback. And, and maybe you disagree whether he can be one at this level or not. But I tell you what, guys, Luke Doty could go to Coastal Carolina and give that conference hell. He could go to East Carolina and give that conference hell. If Luke Doty is Georgia State's quarterback in week one, we lose. There's no doubt in my mind we lose. So if I'm Luke Doty, man, I'm I'm protecting myself. And I know he will not do that. Luke Doty is all game cock. He bleeds the garnet in black. He will play if they ask him to. But I just think it's going to be really unfair, to be honest with you, and unfortunate if he burns his red shirt just playing in garbage time. You know, if, if, if all he's going to get is garbage time snaps, give those to Bailey, give those to Davis, give those to Gothier. Hell, give them to Dak Joyner. If you want to give a quarterback garbage time snaps, don't give them to Luke Doty. I, I just, you know, it, it's listen, I understand he's a game cop, bleeds the garnet and black, but you got to put your own personal interests ahead at some point and hey whatever he wants to do it I'm just speaking from my perspective from my vantage point if I was Luke Doty I, I would uh I'd tell the coaching staff listen thanks but no thanks I I'm gonna opt out the rest of the year so because I just don't think there's a realistic potential for him to to start at any point point. and I'm not calling for him to to start at any point I'm, I'm not saying that Kenny, I was just using Coastal Carolina, by the way, as an example. That type of school. That type of school. I'm not saying he should go there, but I'm just saying that type of school. I'm not saying that Luke Doty couldn't have success in the SEC or the ACC for that matter. I'm just giving an example. So, again, I I don't think he'll do it. I don't know that he will, but if I was Luke Doty, hey, coach, I I don't want any more garbage time play. I'm not burning a red shirt for that. I'm not burning a red shirt for that. So uh anyways, guys, want to continue to hear from you. The calls have been uh have been incredible thus far. Eight four three seven nine zero three That is three seven nine zero three three seven seven. Um, again, guys, as I told you, Anthony Trish of Pro Football Focus, he will join us at awesome. 105. Robbie Davis, Zaxby's Hall of Fame. Let's jump back at the phone lines.
2: Robbie Davis, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing good, just sitting here eating my lunch and watching the Spurs Up Show. How are you doing on this wonderful Wednesday,
0: Robbie? I'm doing well, just sitting here sipping my coffee and my water, hosting the Spurs Up Show. How are you?
2: <laughs> I'm good. Um. Now, no disrespect to Luke Doty, okay? And I mean, and I want to say, I I just want to say that. If Luke Doty was going to leave, I believe he would have done it the second that he found out Spencer Rattler was going to be coming to Columbia. Okay? And the fact that he stayed, like you said, shows that he that he leads Garnet and Black and is a Gamecock through and through. Okay? And I also agree with you. If I was Luke Doty, I would not waste my last red shirt moment or whatever you want to call it in garbage time of us possibly getting our brains beat in against Kentucky. Okay. I would not do that. Yeah. I would, I would, I would do exactly what you just said. I'd be like, I'm, I'm, I'm not playing the rest of the season. I'm not going anywhere, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to place my last moment with a red shirt playing garbage time in a game that's,
0: likely over by the time I get in there yeah and I mean I mean okay. some 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 I, folks might call that being not a great teammate but I, I mean dude in, in the in the in the landscape and the world of, of Nil and and mm-hmm. and I, I just I don't see it that right. way I, I don't see it that way I mean listen the school the school is going to be loyal to themselves at the end of the day mm-hmm. so at the end of the day you got to be loyal to you you got to take care of you you know you got to take care of you and uh you know that that that's that's why, and listen, I, I will not reopen this can of worms, but uh, I'll just say this. That's why I've had certain opinions on certain players in our roster that I think probably would have been better off transferring and starting in another school and getting significant time and mm-hmm. playing and, and utilizing their talents. And, and listen, listen, there are NIL opportunities at the University of South Carolina. You're not going to get other places. I mean, there just are. And so I think the game is mm-hmm. shifting In that way that maybe a guy like Luke Doty, right? He's not going to take advantage of what the portal can provide him because hey, I got it pretty damn good over here. And to be fair, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. I think Jason Brown, I think, I think Jason Brown has found that out very quickly. Right? He was looked at as a hero in Columbia. Virginia Tech, he's just another guy who's sitting on the bench yet again. So it's not the grass isn't always greener, but I, just from my vantage point, my perspective, if I was, you know, if I was advising Luke Doty, if you will, especially if Spencer Rattler indeed returns next year, I, I just, mm-hmm. I, I don't think Luke Doty will be here if he comes back. I, I, I don't, because I, I think again, Luke Doty, he, yeah, he, he bleeds Garnet Black, know. but at some point, you go to college to play. Because I, I tell people this all the time, but what I think some folks right. don't really understand, the mm-hmm. backups, everybody. All the right. people that don't play, they're putting in just as much work, if not more, than the guys in you the see starter. on the field getting all the snaps. Because the backups are trying to earn playing to time. So you could argue they're putting in more yeah. work. So at some point, it's like, man, all this work I'm putting in, I want to play. The fun – you know, we had – I'll never forget having Michael Scarnecchio on the show, if you recall that name. A couple years ago, I had him on. And he told oh, yeah. me, he's like, you know, when you're the backup for so long – He's like when I got to play against Missouri, it's like it reignites your love of the game. It's like it's like I never stopped yeah. loving football, but like getting to play, man, it just it's it's yeah. different. It's different, you know what I mean? So, um, right.
2: getting ready for a game and playing in a game is completely different. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's for sure.
2: And and I think Luke Doty is a great quarter, a, a really good quarterback. Don't get me wrong every quarterback has stuff that they need to work on, right? And I feel like one of the things that Luke Doty struggled with whenever he was our starting quarterback in, what, what year was it, 2019,
0: I believe it was? When Luke Doty was our starting quarterback, you mean last year and 2020? But he was also no, our starting quarterback yeah, last yeah, year. Yeah. yeah, he
2: would have been our starting QB last year. But one of the things that I saw that he struggled with whenever he was Whenever he did play, was throwing the deep ball. He could hit underneath routes easy. And one of the things that he, like I said, one of the things that I saw that he struggled with was throwing a, a deep ball. And I truly think that if he, if he, if he has been working on that and has gotten better at it. He's very, very elusive, and I think he could be a fantastic quarterback for us, but right now he's not our quarterback. Spencer Rattler is, okay? And I still stand by what I said several weeks ago. You've got to look at your starting eleven on the offensive side of the ball. Mm. Figure out what everybody is good at and fix the offense to where you are you are constantly moving the football instead of having a crap ton of negative plays. Instead of losing 5 yards on a sack, you're gaining 5 yards. Mm.
0: Do you, do you know, I, I, want, I want to ball. bring this stat up, Robbie, because I, I think you'll be enlightened by this. Do you know that South Carolina, and I, I tweeted it this morning, the Gamecocks have 13 turnovers offensively. That is the most in the SEC. 13 turnovers. Not good. That's, that's, that that, that that's is bad. 13
2: too many. That's bad. That is 13
0: I think too we're many. like minus six or minus seven in the turnover margin. And, again, my guy Brad Crawford has been a stat machine this week. Uh, He also told Mm -hmm. me that nine interceptions, four lost fumbles on offense in five games. So, 13 turnovers, right? South Carolina, get this, also has not recovered a fumble. We are the only team in the SEC to not have a recovered fumble. Good lord. the The more you know. That is yeah. shocking. You know, it's it's wild. There we're aren't there aren't a lot and I'm not trying to be the bearer of bad news, but there aren't a lot of numbers that support a positive outcome this weekend. There aren't there aren't many no. I could tell you that now, point. Order, to, now do, now I, I will say
2: this. <laughs> if this game turns into a track meet, we're screwed.
0: What does that mean, Robbie? Game turns into a track meet. What does that mean? meaning
2: if they if they are just constantly moving the ball on us and scoring every time they have the ball and we keep having to come from behind that's the definition of
3: turning the game into
2: a track meet mm. right, right right okay i, I just okay. wanted your your clarity there that's the best that's the best thing i can come up with but if they turn it into a track meet we're screwed mm. and i think if we can if we can Like I said a couple of days ago, if we can somehow have long Mm -hmm. drives and not give Kentucky a lot of time to do something, plus have a couple of things by some miracle go our way on the defensive side of the ball Mm -hmm. and capitalize off of getting the ball and keep it close, I think this game will be much closer
0: than some people think and you're you're not but ready you're I not ready predict- to lock in your prediction today are you no i'll give okay. you my prediction some more. All right, tomorrow.
2: tomorrow
0: all right all right i live with that I'll you want it I'll now just... i can give it to you now you can give it to us now
3: i'll give it well to i you just right you know now. the reason okay, i
0: ask is because by your commentary i don't i feel like you don't think this is going to be a very close game no, I think
2: it'll be close, okay, but it's okay. not going to be high scoring.
0: I don't know. Let, let's, okay, let's, you want my prediction now? I can. Mean, I can give it. To, I think. I, I, I think it the it audience. Now. I think the audience. will, will I think the audience. Uh, they want it now. Yeah, I think they want it now. I'll give it to you now. Okay. I think. I think
2: that we will. I think we're going to lose to Kentucky. Thirty-one. 31- to twenty eight, that will be. I think that will be the final score. But if they if they get over forty, it's over.
0: So you so, 41, so you you see a pretty productive offensive game from Carolina then. Thirty one to twenty eight. Yes, yes. Because I like you, I think Kentucky is overrated.
2: I mean, for God's sake, they went into Florida. Who was an absolute dumpster fire last season, and beat and, and, and lost to Florida.
0: Good point. Good point. Okay. They
2: Florida was an absolute dumpster fire last year, and and they went into they went into the swamp and lost to Florida. I think Kentucky is overrated. And I think Stoops is gonna to have to guy gum eat crow come Saturday night for the comments that he made. Okay. And I I I, I still I just don't know. I think that if we can keep it close and make it a one keep it a one score game, we'll have a chance, but I don't see us pulling it out. Right. We'll be productive, but I just don't see us pulling it out. Okay. Thirty one I- to twenty in Kentucky is the is my prediction. Okay. That's now fair. that's just a prediction. Do I hope do I hope I wake up Saturday and watch the game Saturday night and hope we win? Yes. That's all this is is a prediction.
0: <clears throat> well put. Thirty one to twenty eight. Robbie Davis locks in his prediction. Robbie, I appreciate the call, my man. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Have uh, a good one, man. Okay. Yeah, man, You take care. Robbie Davis has locked it in thirty one to twenty eight. His pick. He also said that Mark Stoops is going to eat crow, but Kentucky's going to win. So I, I don't really know how that would work, but either way, whatever. It is what it is. Uh, let's turn to the text line. It says, Rattler's not playing well enough to get drafted this year. He needs another year. What do you think? I mean, all we can go off is the numbers, and I know it's not all his fault, but what would like what would be his draft grade right now? You know, I, I think it's tough. You know, if, if the season ended today, and thank goodness it doesn't, but uh, – Yeah, I mean, I I think at this point, I would say it would be a a positive to bring him back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's – or for him to come back, I should say. Um, Yeah, I think he's got a lot of development still and a lot to work on. And, um, yeah, so. Phil said he's on the edge of his seat. I love that. I love that. Um, Blake Hastings, here we go. We'll get back in these comments. There's no chance your defense stops the run game. Chris Rodriguez will run for 200-plus. I don't think Chris Rodriguez himself runs for 200-plus. But what do you – I think that's really – something's got to give, right? Something's got to give on Saturday night. And quality opponents – or games against quality opponents, you can't stop the run. Georgia State ran for 200. Arkansas ran for 295. Georgia ran for, what, 205 or something like that. Right? Charlotte and SC State, throw them out the window. Throw them away. I'm not saying, hey, give credit where credit's due. We won the game. Throw them away. Against quality competition. And then Kentucky, you look at them, averaging 86 yards per game on the ground. They are dead last in the SEC. So, this is the get-right game for somebody. This this is the the game where it all clicks for somebody. Is it going to be us or them? So I, I just I, I don't know. I mean, you, you look at you look at the history of this series and what Kentucky's done to you, and you know, running the football, line of scrimmage, point of attack. I mean, that 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 that's been the biggest difference maker. That that has been what has separated these two teams. And now there've been there've been some other factors, of course, but Kentucky's just physically whipped you. They they've whipped you up front seven of the last eight. That's why they've beaten you. And you look at 2019 when you beat them, you won the line of scrimmage. But you look at last year, guys. Everybody wants to talk about, oh, that was such a close game. And we should have beaten Kentucky. I mean, they outrushed you like 240 to 56. It's just time and time and time again, it happens, seems like on a yearly basis. So <laughs> you got to be better up front. Got to run the football stop the run. I mean, that's a given, but uh and I'll talk about it more. We're gonna take, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll go ahead and jump into it because I'm just trying to think the timing in my head. Anthony Tree she'll join us at 105. We'll go ahead and jump in this break. But Spencer Rattler, what a huge game for him. What a huge game for, you know, maybe legacy is too strong of a word, but what a game for the perception of who he is. We'll, we'll go ahead and jump into this call we we go into a break. Gamecock, Will. Gamecock, Will, what's up, man? How are you? Uh, how are you doing, bro? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you asking. What's up? I
3: appreciate you taking my call. Uh,
0: first time caller. I love uh, it, man. Appreciate the
3: call. I called down here I call down here in another state, give Clemson, you know what, every, all the time. But uh, I was want to call your show you enjoy it. But uh, as far as uh, Carolina goes, it seems like to me, Sutterfield's got to go at the end of the year. I think he's the main problem. But because one reason, I think you know this better as I, good as I do, we got too many weapons this year not to be playing a lot better. I mean, it seems like we ain't used Josh Spann or Bell party ever this year i mean to me them two best receivers we got yeah it seemed like we're not using them i, I, don't, I don't understand why i mean they they, they game breakers
0: yeah the, I mean, the, the lack the of game. the lack of touches for your playmakers is is concerning i mean it's 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 bothersome right it's it's hard to stomach it's hard to stomach your offense being unproductive and your best players not touching the football. I mean, I, I really do equate it to imagine 2010, 2011, 2012, what have you. And and, and I totally respect, obviously, again, I'm, I'm behind Shane Beamer 110%. But he said a couple of weeks ago, you know, well, Antoine Wells had seven catches one week, had zero the next. You know, sometimes we're just going to have guys that that happens, right? They might have seven catches one week, seven touches, and then zero the next. Imagine. Me telling you back in 2010, 11, 12, 13, that Marcus Lattimore one week was going to have 25 carries, 30 carries, run for 180 yards, and the next week he gets four carries. Imagine me telling you that Alshon Jeffrey was going to get targeted seven, eight times, have five, six catches one week, 120 yards, two touchdowns, and the next week have zero catches. You'd have thought I was crazy. You'd have thought that was madness. That's what we're practically doing now. Jaheim Bell needs to touch it every week. Antoine Wells needs to touch it every week. At this point, Jalen Brooks needs to touch it every week. Marshawn Lloyd needs to touch it every week. I understand people that have good offenses say what he said a couple of weeks ago. We don't have a good offense. If you're trying to get the ball to the playmakers and it ain't working, well, then we'll figure out those set of issues when they arise. But right now, your best guys aren't even touching the football on a consistent basis, and you're not scoring. That's one of the most frustrating parts of this right. entire thing.
3: I agree with you one hundred percent. As far as uh, you know, you got Reno coming in as a quarterback. I always think. I mean, I, I feel like somebody's going to transfer Davis Bailey somebody.
0: Yeah, I, I think I, really, I think at minimum one, probably two quarterbacks will transfer out of this room at the end of the season. And, and it's really not even. You know, I I, I don't. I thought even if we had a good year, I mean, it's it's just it's the nature of the beast, man. You you, you, re, you recruit the position so heavily, and and I don't blame you for doing it, but you know, those guys want to play. <laughs> those guys want to play, right? It's gonna be a crowded room, so it, you just you kind of have to live with it. Live by the sword, die by the sword. You know what I mean? You pick up guys in the portal, so guys naturally are going to hit the portal themselves.
3: I wish. But at wish they give Brandon Davis a chance. I really think he can play football. I know he's got a game to gain some weight, but I really, I really like Brandon Davis. I wish they would give him a chance. I mean, how good is Brandon Davis? I mean, you up there are closer than I am. I uh, you know,
0: I I haven't. You know, I, I know he's an athlete right now, and I'm sure he's kind of like the other guys learning the offense. And I mean, there's just a lot. There's a lot to learn as a freshman. Um, I I will tell you this though, my friend. Unfortunately, that you didn't see him against Charlotte. You didn't see him against SC State. I, I don't think you're seeing Bailey or Davis this season. I, I just those those were your opportunities to play them. If you weren't willing to play them in those games, what I mean, what SEC game does it make sense? You know what I mean? So, but I mean, I I, I like Davis. Wait. You know everything we've heard about him, I like it. I mean, you you I, you know, but they're they're pretty committed right now to you know Spencer Rattler's QB one, and if for any reason you need to change things up, here comes Luke Doty. So
3: we need to run a quarterback. That's, that's, that's how I feel about it. I mean, look at the big main teams. Most of them got great running quarterbacks. You give us Jefferson on our team, I think we ain't lost to one game. You might, to right. you might be right. You might be right. But. Anyway, as far as the defense goes, i got one question on defense. I'll let you go. Do uh,
0: you think they're thinking too much on defense and not just turn them loose and play? That's how I'm looking Well, at. I mean, it's funny you say that, right? Are they thinking too much? they turn them loose and play? There's statistics to back this up. Let me let me, let me, me pull this up so you don't think I'm blowing smoke up here. You know what. But, uh, again, our buddy Brad Crawford has just been all over it with stats. Get this. Get this. Because you say, turn them loose, let them play. According to advanced analytics, this is coming from Brad Crawford, South Carolina has blitzed more than any Power 5 team in college football this season, but ranks 126th in sacks with four. So I think that's what's scary. We're blitzing. We are turning them loose technically, and we still ain't getting there. Now, granted, I think we've played a lot of run-heavy teams. I think that can maybe skew the numbers a little bit here and there, but from what I can tell, we're turning them loose, you know? <clears throat> and so this weekend will just yeah, be about stopping the run. Yeah, yeah, we've got guys. We're depleted defensively. You know, the losses of Kaba and Strawn definitely hurt. But I feel like for the most part, we are turning them loose, and it's just we're just not getting there in passing situations. And for whatever reason, we just we're not able to stop the run. I, I still think linebackers a deficiency. I, I really do. I mean, I you know losing Strawn only hurts the calls and. I love what Stone Blanton can be, and I think he's going to be an impact player down the road, but he's a true freshman, right? You're asking a lot from that guy. Uh, Maybe Bam Martin Scott also can help. But you're you're just – you're not where you need to be at the linebacker spot. It's been a long time since I went into a season and felt good about the linebackers, and I felt that same way coming in this year. And they're just kind of there. I'm not saying they're terrible. They're just kind of there, though. You don't have a Jasper Brinkley in that group. You don't have a Shaq Wilson. You don't have a – you don't have a, uh, you know, an Ernest Jones or a TJ Brunson. I mean, who is your best linebacker? Sherrod Green? Is it Debo Williams? Is it is it Brad Johnson, I guess? I mean, I, I just, you know, I think that's a, that's a room that has to be continued. And, you know, they're recruiting the hell out of it. They, they've got to flip that room. I, I think that's where a lot of your your issues and deficiencies come with stopping the run. But, uh I mean, listen, man. You got to have guys play better too. I mean, you, you got to have guys like Zach Pickens and Jordan Burch. and they've had fine seasons. But a game like Saturday against Kentucky, like they need to play their best football. They need to play their best games. That's I feel like right. we've been we've been saying that for years. So, you know, it's just got to ha- it's got to come together. Got to come together. I think this
3: is a must win this week because I mean, if we're gonna get to a bowl, this is a must win. But I think the only way they beat Kentucky, like you said, turn them loose. I put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Then Rattler's got to have a good game. They got to open up the offense, too. Girl, I was running all the time. They got to open up the offense. Just go down field, I mean, listen, South Carolina, play, yeah. I,
0: I, I feel like it's not a bold take. South Carolina is not going to beat Kentucky with below-average quarterback play. If Spencer Rattler doesn't play well, we don't stand a chance. So – Fair, unfair, you want to put it on sat, whatever. I said it over the summer, and I'm not backing off of it. If Spencer Rattler's the guy that I thought he was when we got him, he doesn't lose to Kentucky, man. He doesn't lose to Kentucky. Seven don't lose to Kentucky. If he does, and he looks poor doing so, maybe he ain't the guy that I thought he was. And I'm not saying bench him, I'm not, but maybe he's just not that guy, at least at this point. And a lot of that falls on well, sat, one too. Question. A lot of that falls on sat, too. Yeah, go ahead. I got one more question. I'll take it off the air. Yeah. Is, uh, if we do get rid of Satterfield, who's your
3: top two or three offensive coordinators? And I'll take it off the air. Y'all have a good day.
0: Gamecock, Will, appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for the call. Who, who's my top two three guys if we get rid of sat? I, guys, I haven't really looked at the landscape. I mean, I feel like a guy like Coach Ford, who's won, wanted Satterfield gone for over a year now, probably be a better guy to ask. I, I haven't looked at the landscape. Who are the realistic options, right? I mean, I know people say, Dan Mullen, Scott Fraud. You know, is Dan Mullen picking up the phone? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, But, yes, I, I don't have a short list as of yet, but you guys know how I feel about uh, – about SAC going in this one, and, you know, it's what we need to see and what will come of it if it doesn't work out. Guys, we're going to jump into a quick quick break, but I want to continue to hear from you more your questions, comments, calls, and more on the other side. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843 790 3377 That's 843 790 Three three seven. So, guys, like I mentioned at the top of the show, we got my good friend Jack in here from USC doing some work for one of his classes. So, if you see a human being walking around behind me, do not be alarmed. That is planned. Um, anyway, so in the meantime, want to take your questions, your comments, your calls. As I said, Anthony Trish will join us in about eight minutes or so. Uh, he'll jump on the show. Uh, 105 officially just shot him with a link. But in the meantime, want to hear from you. And I I think some really, really interesting banter and commentary. Of course, right now, you've got uh, Clayton White and Marcus Satterfield speaking to the media. Our friend Luke RJ texts in. Luke says, if we bench Rattler, then that says it's partially the quarterback's fault. So how much is it Rattler's fault versus Satterfield's fault for the bad offense? Do we really think another quarterback could have done better with the same plays? Maybe that is true, but that is the question, I think. Yeah, I, 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 I guess, Luke, the answer to your question is this. What's frustrating is that I don't think we're sitting in a much different spot record-wise or feeling-wise if Luke Doty had played all five games, and I think that's what's frustrating. As Alex McGrath has said the past two weeks, it's the fact that it feels the same. That That's what the problem is. Now, I think Spencer Rattler's a better quarterback than Luke Doty, yes. I, not even a question. I, however, have also said that I, I do agree with what a couple of callers have said. I, I don't feel like what I've seen, at least, that this offense is really geared to get the most out of a Spencer Rattler and what his skill set is. It does feel like a guy like Luke Doty, would be a better fit. I mean, it just really does. Like, if you're, if, if what you want to be on offense is dink and dunk and swing passes and a dynamic running game, folks, Luke Doty can give you that. And he's mobile. He can run. He can run. So, again, I am in no way, I mean, as I sit here wearing a Beamer Rattler hat, I am obviously not calling for the benching of Spencer Rattler. And in no way, shape, or form, am I doing so. But, I, I think it's a fair argument. It's at least an engaging or an interesting conversation to have, um, but I think it's got to come back to Marcus Satterfield. I mean, you, you coach the players you have, not the players you want, and especially when you've got a guy like Rattler under center that has proven time and time again. Anthony Treese is a guy that me loves him, right? We, we we've heard we've heard Anthony all 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 summer and and season long, you know, sing Rattler's praises. Three. Here we go. Hey, Bree, what's going on? Hey, just a heads up. We got Anthony Treese jumping on in about six minutes. I just want to give you an idea on time. What's up?
4: Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Quick. Um, real quick, so I can just address this being in the comments. Guys, we ran 40 was the most runs we ran against Charlotte in a run-heavy game that we wanted to establish the run. So, other than that, we've been 50-50 in every game. Georgia State, Georgia, and – at state we had a balanced attack between pass and run and in Arkansas we had a heavy pa- a heavy pass attack that we regretted not getting enough run plays in hmm. so I'm not going to sit here and beat that stat to death I'm tired of talking about the offense why is nobody talking about the defense why I mean well I think I think, I think Bree, it's like you know <laughs>
0: Bree I think it's I think it's just more fun to talk offense than defense if you want my honest opinion <laughs> I, this this is beyond a South Carolina thing it's just it's more fun to talk about the side of the ball that scores touchdowns. It it is. Just, you
4: know. I get it. I guess it's the fun part, but when we're talking about the realistic, like, what's holding us back, everybody's going, hey, you throw out those three cupcake teams that we played when we're talking about, like, a U.K. comparison. I'm like, okay, well, throw out those two teams. I put that on Twitter today. I'm like, throw out those two teams. Look on paper. Our offense is doing better than U.K.'s uh, offense in the two SEC matchups. But our defense was atrocious. Our defense was atrocious in, in comparison. And everybody's still going, hey, fire Satterfield. Nobody wants to talk about Clayton White. Like, I'm just like, dude, come on, man. And I'm not even saying fire Clayton. I don't think he's done a bad job. But when you just – everybody does these stats. Everybody's paper stats and this stats and all that. And I'm like, dude, I told everybody I break down videos. And it looks different when you do that, right? Everything looks a lot different. And then people are like, oh, but the stats don't, don't – uh, back up what you're saying on video so I break out the stats and people are like yeah but stats don't tell you the whole story it's like all right dude you, you guys are living on a double-edged sword and you want to be you know you don't want to listen to anything but negative talk most mm-hmm. of the time you know no matter what the stats or the, the video breakdown say or what analysts will tell you something positive you guys are, are focusing on the negatives but if there's a negative to focus on focus on making sure the D's ready guys if the D has a slow start you know that's gonna be bad too, guys. I mean, everybody hates it. Offense has a slow start. The D has a slow start every game right now. The D is the first thing that's going wrong usually in a lot of our games. They're giving up points faster than we can get them.
0: I think that's fair. Listen, I and I, and I wouldn't say you know, Bree, we we don't always need to if it's not clicking. Well, we just hold the coach to the to the fire, if you will. But I, you know, so with like Clayton White, for example. But but I will say you are correct. On the defensive side, huge game for the defense. Because against quality opponents, against – I would – no disrespect to Charlotte and SC State, but let's keep it a buck. Quality opponents, Georgia State, Georgia, and Arkansas, you haven't surrendered less than 200 yards rushing yet. So, need to see an improved performance from the defense also. Hey, what what helps out a struggling offense? A defense that's opportunistic, can force some turnovers, and uh, maybe the defense has got to score a touchdown, right? So – you know, I, I, I think they
4: do this you know. game, though, man. You've heard me say that. I think they do. I think that's the optimism we, have. you know, we all need to be looking at. Really, is we should be talking about. I think what the defense is going to do to them this week, man. I really think it's going to. And we talk about those pressures and the blitzes, you know, and not getting home. And I get that. That's why I've been calling for a spy kind of situation because our O line gets a lot of pressure on their own. A lot of times, they're just not getting home. And versus having a blitzer, maybe having somebody sitting back watching and waiting for that guy to, you know, get out of the backfield and get away from that pressure, I think we could have a spy that's cleaning up. I think Eman needs to spy Rodriguez so we can shut that guy down, you know, like early in the game. Eman needs to be spying that guy, man. He's physical enough to stop him. And that could honestly turn the tides real early in the game. We shut down Rodriguez. And spy love us so we can't scramble for first downs in those big situations.
0: We can really control the game. But they'll do the same to us is probably what's gonna happen too. So Are are you are you calling by the way, are you calling Eamon Warring E Man? Is that correct?
4: E Man. I like that. I I actually like
0: Yeah, I actually like that did somebody else call him that
4: no some of the players called him that like early okay. i heard uh, i think it was like somebody i saw on social media one of the players was like yeah e-man or something he kept i think i like one that. of the coaches i actually like somebody that. in the confidence yeah i, like
2: yeah, I do too it's yeah. cool right
4: yeah e-man. E-man. okay and e-man <laughs> moving forward i love that all right cool <laughs> Uh, anyway, man, uh, that was it, man. I, I really was trying to, you know, I, I'm kind of quiet this week. I don't have a lot to say. I'll be honest with you. I probably don't call in much this week. I'm really getting a jump on doing my analytics for more games since we got the bye week coming up and stuff. I've done, I've done my research hard on UK. Sorry, I kept calling them KU. I don't know why the heck I was doing that, to my But hey, dude, it's UK. I'm like, you're so right. Uh, but, you know, I've, been, I've I've, done all my stuff on those guys, so I'm, I'm done with it. You know, I'm, I'm over it. I'm tired of talking about this game coming up this week because, as you and I have said, everything changes this week. A lot of perceptions can go one way or the other after this weekend, and a lot of stuff comes to a head, and we're going to know then. So I'm just, I want to have a positive outlook. I'm sorry, guys. I always want to have a positive outlook of our program until it's truly in our face, proven otherwise. And this can be the weekend for that. Next Monday, I could literally be in here. I could be calling y'all going, yeah, man, I'm just not happy. Y'all are right, man. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I will bow my head and tell y'all, like, dude, it just it don't look right. Man, it, it ain't clicking now in UK, you know, I just, you're right. You know yeah. what I mean? You're right. Yeah. And we've had the time. I, I, I'm I'm trying to be lenient and give him the time. We have these transfer guys come in. Spencer was messing up a lot, guys. I, I, my breakdown show where Spencer was messing up a lot. And that's not to critique the kid. I think he's amazing. Just you have the ball starts in his hand. He's a transfer, and the ball starts in his hand every play. Mm-hmm. And if he's not ready, there's going to be a lot of mistakes yeah. everywhere. So sure. I, I think he's cleaned it up. I think we're going to see a huge fucking game out of that. Excuse my language. We're going to see a huge, huge game out of that kid this weekend, yeah. along with other stuff. Yeah. So I, I think I think it's all coming. I think everything everybody's going to see is going to happen, and I think a lot of perceptions are going to change after this weekend, and up until it could be mine. Yeah. You know what I mean? It could be mine that yeah.
0: changes after this weekend. Yeah, great. So, I appreciate it. Great stuff. We got yep. uh, Anthony Trish waiting on the... Yeah, man. Uh, I look yeah. forward to hearing that guy. Yeah he's, yeah, he's
4: got good stuff. I'll talk to y'all later. Great.
0: Appreciate it. Great insight as always. Here, let's go ahead and jump into it. We got him in, of course. Normally joins us at 12.05. We're talking today at one oh five, but either way, no matter the time, always excited to chat with him. Anthony Trish of Pro Football Focus. Anthony, what's going on, my friend? How are you?
5: I'm doing well. I uh, appreciate you having the adjustment there. I had an unexpected yeah. meeting come up, but I'm ready to talk some... Uh, Gamecocks football—it's the game I think everybody's been kind of waiting for. This was the one in the preseason where I was really excited about because these two quarterbacks—you um, know—it's—it's it's an interesting one because one was really I think overhyped, one's underhyped. They're both kind of struggling a little bit, um, and I think this is a good time for both of them to show, hey, they are the real deal. So I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Let's—you know—I was going to say I'm—I'm I'm done talking about. Charlotte and SC State Let, let's focus on this game this weekend because like you said it's the one that really matters and I, I didn't label it as the most important game in the preseason but I know many Gamecock fans did but I did label it the inflection point point. and when you certainly think about the way the season's gone for South Carolina yes the Gamecocks are where we all picked them to be because but it doesn't feel quite like we thought it would this is a huge game in regards to perception and perception is reality let's focus Anthony On the Cats, though, when you talk about the quarterback matchup, and again, what I love about bringing you on is we really dive deep into the numbers and what PFF says. I don't want to start with Levis, though. I want to start with the run game because what astonishes me the most about Kentucky, and one of the reasons, Anthony, I did pick the Gamecocks over the summer to go into Lexington and get the win. I looked at Kentucky. I think you lose three of five guys up front. You lose some big-time contributors on the offensive line. But you know, Kentucky has established a brand. They've established an identity of under Mark Stoops, and that is being physical at the point of attack, running the football successfully, and leaning on that run game. It's been the quarterback play and the passing game that's carried them. They're averaging 86 yards per game on the ground. That Anthony, that is dead last in the sec how surprised have you been about kentucky and do the numbers do they is it as bad as i'm saying it is Do the numbers spell that out to be true that the run game has been a weakness thus far for the kentucky wildcats
5: i i am a little surprised with the way this team is built because like you said i mean they've established that they're a dominant rushing team right they live and die by the run and then adding just a good quarterback to it was like okay maybe this team can go to that next level and you know, a little bit there in the top 10, people thought they were, but even without the, the lackluster run game, but it's kind of been surprising, I think, just how bad it's been. I mean, like you said, you can see it just in the basic numbers that they are not good running the ball. And you look at the more advanced stuff, they are not good running the football. There's nothing really different there. I mean, they're one of the lowest graded run blocking units in the entire country. Um, very few yards before contact. I mean, you're putting a lot of stress on that running back room to kind of create above expectation. And without Chris Rodriguez, That's a chore. It's a little bit better when you get Chris Rodriguez back in there. We saw that kind of last week. But at the end of the day, you're not going to see a hyper efficient ground game like you did previously. Right. Because at the collegiate level, running the football can be valuable. Uh, We've talked about it before. I mean, you can have very efficient rushing attacks that really lead the team to high success at the collegiate level. When you have difference makers, both at running back and along the offensive line. But you, you lost all those guys up front. you're a little bit thin at the uh, running back position, as we saw when there was no Chris Rodriguez in there. So, I mean, that's a huge concern. And then also, I thought with the passing game, we were going to have to see Will Levis kind of take that next step forward, right? I thought if they were going to be an efficient passing offense, it was going to have to be Will Levis. And he was going to have to take that jump everybody was expecting him to make. And in my opinion, he hasn't taken a jump. If anything, I think he's taken a step back. But the scheme around him has been flawless and that's where you can kind of see that and even losing Liam Cohen I mean that's significant there and there's been no hiccups I mean you look at kind of like the passing grade compared to the you know the the expected points added that they really generate on a per play basis per pass play basis and you see that passing grade it's pretty middling I mean Will Levis I think he's in the high 60s maybe flirting with 70 there it's good not great but you look at their efficiency level you would expect elite quarterback play right um and then you kind of look at the way they play and you kind of see it's a good ecosystem for Will Levis and he's kind of executing that. You know, he may not I think he ranks close to the bottom of the entire country in big time throw rate and you know for people who don't know big time throw rate it is as it sounds, right? You look at it and you say that's a big time throw. That was pretty damn good. We haven't seen too many from those from Spencer Rattler this year's kind of might opinion, a little surprising given what we what you did at Oklahoma, but you know even Will Levis He's got the arm talent. He just has never been able to put that in the action. And this was something we really didn't see, you know, back in 2021 um, when a lot of people were like, okay, this guy's the real deal. We only saw it, I think, a handful of times throughout the season. But, you know, I, I think it's a, an intriguing Kentucky team in the way that they are playing. It was a little bit different than expected. Um, but I also think that they do have kind of a, it's specifically with their offense, they have the vulnerabilities there that, I still think South Carolina should get excited about. I know the point spread, you look at it, it's a pretty big difference. You look at the ranking, um, you know, just looking at the success each team has had so far this year, most people think, okay, Kentucky should run away with this one. But I do think that there are some vulnerabilities there on offense for Kentucky that should at least be encouraging for South Carolina fans.
0: I want to get to quarterback play in just a second, Anthony. Let's stick with the run game, though, and something certainly that can boost a struggling run game is a dynamic ball carrier, and certainly they got that back, and Chris Rodriguez returning his first action of the season, 19 carries for 72 yards, did have a touchdown. Here's an intriguing stat for you since we're talking numbers, Anthony. Uh, Chris Rodriguez in his career against South Carolina, averaging 7.6 yards per carry. What do you like about his game, and what do you think he brings to the Kentucky rushing attack?
5: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that stat. Um, maybe some people would get a little bit cautious to get excited about the mismatches I was just speaking of. But I still think there's plenty of opportunity there. And I think, obviously, what would be a best-case scenario for South Carolina is no Chris Rodriguez, kind of like there was the first part of the season. But, you know, he's back, and you can kind of see some improvement there. I mean, he's a, he's a bully back, right? I mean, that's the way he plays his game. He seeks out contact, and that's the way he wins. That's the way he's really always won. Um, in addition to kind of seeing those holes created that aren't really there anymore. So I do think that the, the explosive plays, I think they are capped to a certain extent. And now that's not to say it's going to be a cakewalk and be like, okay, we can stop this guy. This guy's going to go the extra mile, you know, to really um, keep churning out those yards. And it's going to create a tough environment there. I mean, they're going to have to be on their end game from a tackling perspective and just kind of keying in those reads overall in the run game but the with the way he plays you got to make sure you know you, you can't go through him with those arm tackles cuz he's going to rip through them with with you know no problem at all whatsoever. So I think that's kind of the key there because you know there's I, like I mentioned a little bit ago there's a lot of stress put on these backs with how poor the run game has been for them from a run blocking perspective. So it does give a little bit of an advantage for South Carolina but again that's not to say this is going to be an easy stop because this guy is a little bit different. I think he's just lacking kind of that, you know, I I would say dynamism that would give him the ability to create even beyond that, create those big explosive plays, despite the lackluster run blocking. I think he kind of is a player that needs both to be his best form, his absolutely best form. So it does cap him a little bit, but again, it's not going to be an easy, easy ride there for South Carolina.
0: Anthony, let's switch and talk Will Levis. You bring him up, and I think what was so intriguing is all of a sudden, out of nowhere this preseason, the hype this guy started to catch. And we were hearing potentially the number one overall pick. Your thoughts on the Levis hype, and again, like you said, you feel like he might have taken a step back at this point, but still obviously someone the Gamecocks do have to account for because, you know, whether you think he's overrated or you think he's underrated or whatever – Uh, You're not talking about in that light if you don't have some serious talent. So just your overall thoughts on Will Levis and what the Gamecocks, what they need to watch for from him on Saturday night.
5: Yeah, I mean, he clearly is executing everything when it is designed, when everything goes according to plan. He's usually carrying out the offense the way it needs to be designed. And that's where, when I was speaking up top, where it was a little bit surprising because they're not putting a lot on his plate. You know what I mean? I mean, it's mostly the entire ecosystem working together as a whole as opposed to Will Levis kind of creating these opportunities and being the reason why they're so, you know, such a hyper-efficient offense. Um, and again, the, the big-time throw numbers, I, it's, it's a very good metric. It's a very telling metric, you know, about an offense. And you can kind of see what I'm referring to there with right around 2% for the season. But, I mean, from a pure tools perspective, I mean, overall with Will Levis, I mean, number one overall pick, be cautious to say, I mean, even close to that, I'm, I'm definitely lower than the consensus on that. Um, but he, he does have the tools that a lot of people get excited about. When you talk in NFL draft, it's the tools is the number one thing everyone wants to talk to, right? You got the tools and yes or no. Um, that's pretty much the basic thing there. But I mean, his his release is honestly one of the quickest I've ever seen. I mean, you're talking almost three less than three tenths of a second repeatedly, um, which is ultra quick there. Um, you know, just a very natural thrower in terms of the way he kind of works with his mechanics. Um, he does have that big arm. And again, we just really haven't seen him use that on a consistent basis. He can kind of get tricked into those bad decisions when does when the play does break. Um, and I think that's going to be key for that defensive front for South Carolina. Um, but overall, again, if everything goes according to plan, you know, he's going to carry out that offense. Again, it's not so much him kind of shouldering the load there. Um, so it is a little bit more simple for him. But I do think overall, Um, it's going to be key to try to disrupt him a little bit, kind of, I I would say, get creative from a defensive perspective.
0: Anthony, let's switch sides of the ball. We'll talk a little bit of Kentucky defense, and you look at the guys on that side. Again, we talk about Mark Stoops and the characteristics of a Mark Stoops coach team. Very physical, going to win at the point of attack. You look at guys like DeAndre Square, Jordan Wright, unfortunately for them, Jaquez Jones will be out for this game. Linebacker, though, is what jumps off the page to me a strength. And it's an interesting game because the Gamecocks against quality competition have not been able to run the football. Kentucky's strength, I think, with that linebacker spot going to be tough to run. It really does come down to Spencer Rattler. But first, just sticking with Kentucky, what do you like about the Cats defensively?
5: Yeah, I mean, there's really no, in my opinion, glaring hole, right? And I think that's that's what every single Power 5 team would love to have. There's no, I would say, clear vulnerability in circle, okay, this is the area we're going to attack. Because this entire group is solid. I think that's the biggest takeaway. Whereas in the preseason, you were expecting this group to maybe take a step back. You lost some key guys there. Um, and, you know, maybe they weren't going to be up to that true form. But we have not seen that so far. Like you said, you know, they're able to stop the run. I think that's probably the biggest thing for me. The run defense has been spectacular so far. Um, you know, very few mistakes made. While also making those high-impact plays, not missing a lot of tackles there. So I think that, from a Kentucky perspective, I mean, that's really where their strong suit has really been. And that goes back to number seven, and that's going to put a lot on him, and he's really going to have to take a step forward in this game um, before, I would say, the SC State game, the level he was performing at. Um, and so I, I would say that's the big takeaway of this group. There's no clear vulnerability. You cannot expect to exploit, I would say, a, a, a special portion of this entire group. Um, but, you know, you're just probably going to have to wish – some for some luck and against some kind of a little bit of a creativity and just standout play from the quarterback perspective for South Carolina.
0: Now, Anthony, I'm I'm trying to pull up a stat real quick because again, we always talk numbers, and here we go. To the according to the advanced analytics, and this might be one you've already seen, but uh, you know when you talk Gamecocks defensively, South Carolina has blitzed more than any Power Five team in college football, but they rank 126th in sacks with four. Is that something you've seen as well? What do the PFF numbers say about Clayton White's unit? Because, you know, we all want to talk Marcus Satterfield and offense and Spencer Rattler, and that makes a lot of sense, right? It's more fun, I think, to talk offense than defense and scoring touchdowns and guys making plays and all that. But defensively, this is a big one for Carolina as well, because you look again, the quality opponents. I'm not trying to throw any shade on Charlotte and SC State, but let's keep it real. Georgia State, Georgia and Arkansas, those three games that I look at, you have not surrendered less than 200 yards rushing against any quality opponent yet this season. And again, I, you know, we had somebody call in actually today on the show and say, you know, let your athletes go be athletes, cut, let, you know, let them, let them lose, let them do their thing. The scary part, I think, Anthony, is the Gamecocks are. And it, it's still just not really resulting in, at least against these quality opponents, big plays. What say you, what have you seen from Clayton White's unit, and what do – They specifically need to do, because you'd like to think, again, you're leaning on a secondary led by Cam Smith. Darius Rush will be back. David Spaulding back. Um, But this series, you look, the reason the Cats have dominated South Carolina, they have won at the point of attack. I mean, they've just won the battle in regards to physicality. Uh, How do you think Carolina needs to attack this Kentucky offense on Saturday night?
5: Yeah, I mean, I definitely have seen and I've noticed the Blitz figures. I mean, they I just looked it up just to confirm there. I mean, the highest in the power five from our metrics by 3%, um, which is surprising to say the least. And I, I think they're really leaning on variance. And when I say that is that they're understanding that, hey, this, is, this could work and we could get an interception here. We could create havoc or we're going to give up a 60-yard play. That's kind of where where we're kind of seeing, and you look at just the output, I think they have like five touchdowns allowed with five interceptions yeah. um, when they're blitzing the quarterback this year. Very volatile overall. It's putting a lot of stress on the back end and considering there was a few games with injuries there. It's it's kind of questionable. I would say, I think, again, it goes to, you're going to see volatility with this group. If that's the way you want to play and considering the players that they also have in that pool, right? Because, you know, I would say, and we've talked about it before, like there's a lot of players with high potential, but it's very spotty and it still is very spotty, right? And I, I think you have guys that you can not count on like Cam Smith and even Rush there too, but, you know, overall it's just a spotty group and that's where it's the I would say the variance increases and the range of outcomes could be even more severe in either direction and we've seen that so far and I think we probably will continue to see that. So I think from, again, I think this helps to, from a run defense perspective, I think they're going to be fine. It's not going to be easy, like I said, but I think they're going to be fine against Kentucky. I just look at this, you know, how they play the game from a defensive perspective against the pass in the way Kentucky plays. I think there could be some pretty significant plays from Kentucky from a passing perspective. Um, And then again, it goes again, can number seven for South Carolina, can he rise to the occasion and match? Cause that's where I'm kind of at. So it's very risky. It's aggressive. Um, It's not for everybody with the way they play the game. Um, It can work in a lot of times. It can, it can lead to those upsets. Right. But it also can lead to very underwhelming single game performances. So um, a wide range of outcomes. Right. I mean, I mean, a lot of, you're going to see a lot of emotion um, potentially just with the way they play throughout the rest of the season and SEC play.
0: High risk, high reward. For sure. Now, Anthony, moving to the offensive side again, that's what everybody wants to talk about. And, you know, a game like this Rattler versus Levis, right? You're going to get few quarterback matchups that are as intriguing as this one. And, um, you know, again, as I I talked to somebody earlier this week, they said, you know, this isn't a game that has college football playoff ramifications or anything like that, but it is a big game. And I think it'll probably be, I think it'll probably turn out to be one of the best games of the weekend. Anthony, I I don't think this is a bold take to say South Carolina is not going to win this game without quality play from number seven. I, you, you just don't go on the road and beat a quality opponent in the SEC if your quarterback doesn't play well. You know, we talk about how big of a game this is for Marcus Satterfield and for Shane Beamer and this team. This is a huge game for Spencer Rattler, man, because you're you're obviously one of his biggest supporters, and there, there's plenty of doubters out there. And I said this all summer, and whether it's fair, unfair, what have you, Anthony, if Spencer Rattler's the guy that I thought he was when we got him, I feel like he goes out there, balls out, and he beats the Kentucky Wildcats. What say you?
5: I agree. And, I mean, this is a huge, huge game. I mean, not just for, you know, everybody involved with South Carolina, like you mentioned, but just for him in general, just considering. I mean, the the guy's been under – God, he's taken so much heat and beatings from just the entire public over the last year that, I mean, he needs to show up and he needs to show, hey, I still have it. I'm still that, you know, Heisman favorite. I still have it in me. Because honestly, we haven't seen it this year, and I don't think anybody's arguing that. Now, last week, like, those interceptions, they're not on him. That's not his fault. He played a great game overall, but it was a very – I mean, it was an underwhelming opponent there, of course, South Carolina State. um, Don't need to – no slight to them, but, I mean, it's true. And that helped out a lot. lot. And you look at the way he played even in that game, he still struggled, I think, to kind of see it right away. He was very slow to kind of pull the trigger, uh, a little hesitant – And I think that kind of goes with the way he's kind of trying to be groomed to fix his, his previous flaws. And I think it's leading to larger issues and maybe, maybe Spencer Rattler can't improve that. Maybe his old form is the quarterback he is and trying to get him to play another game. Otherwise um, it's just never going to happen. And maybe that's something, you know, a lot of, everybody needs to come to grips with, but you know, he is going to have to kind of see things develop better. And I, I think that like the telling thing with me, is, and I've talked about it before, is just when he is, when he's getting to that point where he sees a loss in the offensive line, there, there's heat coming his way. The pocket's a little muddy. He's not his first instinct before. He'd keep his eyes downfield, but he would break it immediately. Sometimes that would result into running into a sack because he's trying to get by a defensive lineman. Um, sometimes it would result into a, a draw-dropping throw downfield. Those were his best moments. But now he's, tr- he's trying to stand tall in the pocket and he's trying to make something work. And that's where we're seeing a lot of bad throws and a lot of bad decisions. And he's not necessarily trying to play kind of that, that longer developing style, that schoolyard football. You know, he's trying to, if he sees something start to go wrong, he's getting the ball out. Mm-hmm. And you you want that play to a certain extent, but that's not what that's not what made him great. What made him great is his ability to kind of create those plays and he's not anymore, and I mean, I don't know why the only people that could probably tell you that are South Carolina internally and Spencer Rather himself, but I think it's very clear what his flaws were, and there was issues with he would lean on that play style too much, and that would kind of cap what you could do overall, Um, and I think it's just trying to fix that, and it's kind of forcing the fix, even though he he may not just have it, and then maybe it's something longer developing that he does have to work on. Um, but I think that's kind of the big takeaway there. Um, I, again, I talked about just kind of letting him, letting him go. And I thought last week, again, he played well, they did a good job of kind of marrying the run in the past there, you know, a lot of good play action concepts in there. That's kind of where some of the best plays were had, uh, best throws for, uh, number seven overall for the game. But I mean, I think for this one, you legitimately just have to tell him do whatever it takes to win the game. Right? you can't play that conservative style that we have seen, and kind of that hesitant and I don't want to say scared, but just kind of that cautious style overall. I mean, he's gonna have. I think overall, if, again, if I'm and I don't want to speak for the coaches, they have their own method, of course, and you know, obviously highly successful, and I have a lot of respect for him. But I guess from my perspective, if it were me, I would just flat out say, we need a win here. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a fight. Do whatever you can to help us win the game instead of trying to. I would say kind of play a game that, you know, he can't play and the offense as a whole can't really play. If that makes sense.
0: No, that makes total sense. And I, and I agree with you. I think that's what fans also on the offensive side, Anthony, they want to see is more aggressiveness. Hey, I can live going on the road, playing a tough Kentucky team and losing the ball game, but you want to feel like you go down swinging, you know, you don't, you don't want to feel like you go down with bullets still left in the chamber. And some of the offensive play calling has made you feel that way at times. Uh, Anthony a Pro Football Focus. Anthony, before I get you out of here, obviously I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask you to nail down a, a a score prediction, right? I never do, but when you look at the numbers, you look at the matchup, you look at this game. Obviously, Wildcats are a ten and a half point favorite. Over/under set at 49. How do you see this one playing out? What's your overall feel on this game for the weekend?
5: You know, it's it's interesting. I mean, I, I would probably say. South Carolina keeps it closer than that spread indicates. Um, Maybe it's a little bit more higher scoring than that total indicates too. Um, But again, I don't think we've seen enough from the South Carolina offense to think, you know, they're going to put up enough points to really come out on top. That's kind of where I'm at. I think, again, there's a higher chance that they do do that. But, you know, again, we just haven't seen that so far. We haven't seen that fire. And that's where I get a little hesitant to say, whereas in the preseason, I was more confident. I picked them to win this game in the preseason, but now it's just very. It's a little bit more difficult. I think their path to getting there is a little bit more difficult. Um, but maybe my preseason prediction comes out wrong. I mean, either way, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be right either way uh, at this point. But yeah, I'll probably lean Kentucky victory, but I think South Carolina puts up a little bit more of a fight. It's a little bit closer.
0: Anthony, I fibbed one final thing. I, I just, I can't help but feel like I thought Kentucky was overrated at seven. I feel like they're still overrated now. I, I don't know whether the Gamecocks are going to win this game or not, but do the numbers indicate that, that Kentucky's a little bit overvalued right now? Yeah, I mean, I definitely
5: think they are overvalued and, you know, actually could pull up the PFF Power Ranking to get the precise, um, the precise ranking that they do have in there. Um, so we have them at eight, and again, that's kind of, leaning towards the, you know, the, the nature of the way they play. And I think the, the schematic aspect of it does play into that. Um, and personally, I mean, I disagree with the power from time to time. I disagree with it. I think they are a little bit overrated. Um, but from a numbers perspective, it's leaning that they are still kind of in that. They're not in that top, top tier, but they're kind of in that next group. And that next group, honestly, is 15 teams deep, probably, if not more so. Um, I would definitely say they're in the end of that tier, whereas the numbers are kind of a little bit leaning more towards they're in the upper end of that tier. So I, I think it's a with the way they they are, I don't think there's a right answer. Like, I, I don't think you can argue with anything. The only thing you can't, you know, even debate is that they're like a top five team or something like that. They're definitely not that. But I think I could see a scenario, be like, they're still a top 10 team just slightly. Um, maybe they're into the top 25 back end team. Um, so it's definitely an interesting group, with the way they play, and that kind of plays into it.
0: Anthony Treesh of Pro Football Focus. Anthony, it's always a pleasure chatting with you. I appreciate you taking the time and uh, looking forward to doing it again next week. You guys go check out Anthony's work, of course, all across social media, Pro Football Focus. Those guys do a fantastic job. Anthony, as always, man, thank you so much. We'll do it again next week for sure. Of course, take care. Yeah, man, take care. Great stuff, guys. Again, thank you all so much. And again, I appreciate Anthony. That was awesome. We are going to go ahead and jump into – Another break, but on the other side, guys, I want to hear from you. And also, we'll go, what, we'll have about 25 minutes left in the show. We'll run through the end of the show. No more breaks. Taking your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. On the other side, you're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. Again, I want to say thank you to Anthony Trish for taking the time to chat. Really, really uh, appreciate him. Always a great conversation every single Wednesday. But, uh, yeah, phone lines are open, guys, 843-790-3377. We got a text here. It says... Rattler's not, uh, okay, already read that one. Kentucky will lose to Georgia and Tennessee. Yes, they're overrated. I don't think losing to Georgia and Tennessee makes you overrated, my guy. Um, But I I do agree with you. I think they'll probably lose those games. Um, Yeah, so let's see. Let's jump into your questions here. And I love that you guys are trying to gauge what I'm picking this weekend. Hunter Johnson says, I think Chris is taking the Gamecocks this week, and I dig music, so I sense optimism. Coach Ford, he's locked in his pick, 31-17. to He's got Kentucky winning the game, which would hit the under, by the way. That would actually hit the under. So, uh, John Edward, Jordan Butler announcement. Yes, 3.30 is when that announcement will happen. In the meantime, guys, again, we're here taking your questions. Uh, also, want to let you guys know. Just got the text over the break. I will be jumping on the fan upstate with Mark Ryan at about three thirty-two or something like that. So just going to call in radio appearance, uh, real real quick, about five minutes or so. Nothing crazy, but uh, just give Mark Ryan and those guys a feel on the pulse of Gamecock Nation and how we're feeling, how we're feeling at this point, and uh, as we go into the Kentucky. Weekend, but a huge game, huge game, man. I, I mean, it's, it's, it may not be, like I said, the most important game, but it's a big one. And I think a lot of it, you know, I, I've kind of wondered this week, are we putting too much on this game? Are we putting too much on it? And I just think one of the biggest reasons it's such a huge game is, is because of the hype we came into the season with, you know, um, you know, wh- whether, It was right, wrong, or indifferent. You win seven games last year. You add Spencer Rattler. You add Antoine Wells. You add the pieces you added. You bring certain guys back. And fans, in their mind, it automatically clicked from, okay, we won seven last year. Add these pieces. We're going to win nine or ten this year. It's just that, that math, even though we sit at the record we all thought we'd have, it doesn't feel the way we thought it would, right? I will tell you this, though, because we got folks saying, you know, I, I sound maybe more optimistic than they expected or what have you. I'll just say this. It, it, it kind of feels like in sports a lot of times, it, you know, that old adage, it's always darkest before the dawn. It, it just feels like right when you feel like you've got things figured out, especially when it comes to the Gamecocks, when you feel like you've got things figured out, they find a way to, to 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 surprise you, to keep you on your toes. I'm not giving you a prediction right now. I won't do that until Friday. But it just feels like I'm like, are we going to spend all week saying how we have no chance and this team stinks and Rattler stinks and Satterfield stinks and this, that, whatever. And then all of a sudden we go out and we just play our best game of the season. I will say I do at least I – don't, I, I don't think this is going to be a blowout at all. I, I mean, I took, guys, Gamecocks plus ten and a half. I, I really do believe – and maybe it's my bias. Maybe I'm putting on garnet glasses. Maybe it's my garnet and black blood pumping. But I, I just have to feel like against a Kentucky team, against a Kentucky team that um, coming off a loss to Ole Miss, you know, really tough game. They're banged up. Will Levis is banged up. And then you look at South Carolina, a team that's had extra time to prepare, extra time to get ready. I got to believe the Gamecocks put their best foot forward and, and, and at least make this a close competitive game. Now, you look at the numbers. The numbers say that won't happen, right? The numbers say that is unlikely. Eight straight losses in the SEC, on the road, and the Gamecocks are 1-7 and seven against the spread in those Hold games. Let's jump time. out of the home lines. Bree. Bree, for a second time today, what's up? I figured I had to achieve Robbie Davis
4: level finally. Ah, okay. Um, no, I heard Threesha's report, and then that brought me back around. I called in like, I don't know. It was after the Charlotte game, but everybody's complaining that – you know, the reason we didn't get uh, half the early success against Charlotte is because we waited until the second half to dial up the blitzes. And I told her, well, I was like, nah, man, the reason we had problems early against Charlotte is because we were dialing up the blitzes constantly and leaving our guys in straight man coverage in island. That's what happened early in that game. Clayton backed off of that. I, he didn't stop blitzing, but he started adding more zone blitzes in in the third drive where we started stopping them. That was what happened, man. He was straight blitzing he came out there going hey you know what this is Charlotte I'm going to leave my guys on the island cuz they're they're good and we're just going to shut these guys down and he came out super super aggressive and, and I think he just underestimated how good those receivers and that quarterback was for a couple of drives man quite honestly mm-hmm.
0: Yeah no I I think that's you know? Yeah no I I think that's solid analysis for sure I, I think that's solid analysis
4: Yeah I mean, it just goes with the same blitz numbers y'all are y'all are pointing yeah. out. But I I heard a lot of people constantly saying, you know, and you know I'm in the chat rooms a lot, and a lot of people are going, we didn't dial up the blitz enough here, year. We didn't. Bl-. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. We actually were, man. We dialed up a lot of blitzes. I wasn't aware that it was to the extreme that I'm hearing these stats come out. Because even when I heard these stats, I was like, what? I'm like, can somebody point me to these? Is it, are, we, are we blitzing that much? It doesn't feel like it, but okay. You know, and, and then the stats come out and it's like, dude, we're blitzing a lot. And I was like, I said that. I'm like, we're blitzing maybe too much. But I felt like um, in Arkansas, <laughs> it was the opposite. And this is my critic, man. This is the critique here. Because Clayton needed to be blitzing and leaving our guys on the islands against that team. He needed to shut down the run and he needed to shut down the uh, KJ and I didn't feel like he dialed it up then, and, and then and, and then he did it against Charlotte. So it was like it was for me. It was like backwards. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it's interesting. It was backwards. Yeah. So, no, it's. I mean, that, those numbers, those numbers that say that we have blitzed more than any other team, that's interesting. I mean, that's that's really. I, I mean, I would say keep the heat coming. I mean, stay aggressive. I, I, I'd much rather go down that way than than sitting back and letting Chris Rodriguez run for. You know, four or five yards of pop, and you know, again, death by a thousand paper cuts. So, and I think you need to get after Will Levis. I, I do. I think you need to get after him. He's shown he will, he, he's shown he will put the football in harm's way. I mean, he led the SEC last year in interceptions. So, um, you know, put the pressure on him. You it just can't go.
4: You just can't go three series in a row before you decide. Hey, you know what? I can't do it with straight man blitzing all the time. I need to. I need to switch in some dunks. Mm-hmm. Because that that's what I saw as far as like Charles, that it was like man, 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 you know. And then there was no mixing it up; it was just straight man until he finally was like, well, this ain't working. Okay, yeah, I mean that's right. I mean, I mean, I know you've been he's been he's been here's the thing we're high on the guy's ability, but he's been he's been coaching in it's Western Kentucky. He's having to learn how to deal with a whole different stuff now, man. It's like, this is, this is different, man. It's a different level. He's good. I'm not saying he's not. But, I mean, you can't just go, hey, we've got the talent. We're just going to line up a man every every down and expect it to work, you know. So, if, if, if he comes out and he mixes it fine, blitzes, and like I said, I, I, he's still, I'm a, I, I, I declare if we don't have a spy on some plays – we're gonna be looking back at the end of the game, going, "Dang, we really needed to spy on that play." So fair enough. That, that, I think that's gonna, I think that's gonna kill us, man. If we if we don't don't keep somebody having eyes out of somebody sneaking out of the backfield, because that backfield when Rodriguez and Levison in there are scary. So anyway, I'm out, man. I'm gonna enjoy my week. Y'all won't hear from me this week, maybe in a chat box. But I, I am. Uh, I just I heard that, and I was like, man, I had just did that last like a couple weeks ago and everybody was like you're crazy they didn't blitz in the uh when we started against Charlotte they didn't start doing that till later and I was like no
0: man they were doing
2: it the whole time it was was going on the whole time
4: so
0: yeah I appreciate it great stuff as always later
4: guys have a going
0: see you great stuff great stuff there no eight four three seven nine zero three three seven so guys just looking at some of the comments that uh Marcus Satterfield had to say today in his uh, his presser. Let's see. Satterfield was asked about the success of the offense past two games, whether it was improved or inferior competition. I wonder who asked that question. He said, quote, he said, quote, we had success and we're never going to apologize. Here we go. Paris, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, Chris, what's going on? Just hanging out, man, chilling. What's up? Man,
2: um, oh, I feel like we need to get rid of Marcus Hatterfield regardless of the win or not just Kentucky. Because I feel like even if we do win, it, it's going to be some a whole bunch of swing passes. So, if we do get rid of Marcus Hatterfield, who are you looking forward to, man? Because I feel like we should throw that bag at Joe Brady. I ain't going to lie. I, I
0: mean
2: – Because Joe Brady, he
0: you – know, oh, go, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, and I was going to say, you know what's funny, man? I, I wanted Joe Brady as head coach when we got rid of – uh Will Muschamp, so shows how much I know, I guess. But uh, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't put together a short list, my guy. You know, until there's an opening, I just don't feel like there's much point in doing so. But uh, no, I mean, Joe Brady certainly would be a good one. I, I know some folks have said Dan Mullen or Scott Frost, and I, I don't know that those are really realistic. But uh, you know, I, I think it's fair, by the way, what you said. You know, if if we win, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say, hey, we won, but fire Satterfield and start the whole you know, start that whole deal. But I, I think it's fair to say that win or lose that, you know, we need to make a change at the end of the season. I, I think that's that's fair, right? One game doesn't fix all the woes. But, uh boy, I'd, I'd love to be disgruntled about sad after a victory than after a defeat, that's for sure.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, man,
2: because, I mean, you know, I kind of – I hate to say that I feel the same way the same year when we fired Mushamp. Like, mm-hmm. I forgot what game it was when, you know, we all was like, you know, if we lose a game, Mushamp got to go. Like, I kind, I kind of – I don't want to say this on air, but man. I kind of do want us to though, so we can go ahead and get with of the because I hate we win and we keep him, and then we lose the next – like, the next two or three against NCC teams you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. behind our offense. So, yeah, man, I just think, you know, if we are uh, – I feel like, you know, I know – I think – I know for a fact South Carolina as university we got the money. Go ahead and throw that bag at Joe Brady. Why not? I mean, Joe is proven. You know what I'm saying? Like, LSU 2019, that was one of the – probably one of the best offenses we've seen in the decade. You know what I'm saying? So, it's like, why not go ahead and throw? Because I, I just looked it up. Like, he ain't doing nothing but being the Buffalo Bills uh, quarterback coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, go ahead and throw on that bag. Man, willing,
0: willing, opinion, to, willing to sacrifice in the short term for the well-being of the long term. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, I, I'd, lo- I'd love to. I'd love to see Joe Brady. Just on that note, I'd, I'd love to see it.
2: So. Oh yeah. 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 And I like too because he's young. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like he can relate at at a collegiate level anyway. He can relate more to Key. I feel like kids respect respectful. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I
0: think man. so for <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, right, Chris, man, appreciate you,
2: man.
0: Hey, I appreciate the call, my dude. Always a pleasure. Great stuff there from Parrish. He says that he actually wants to see us lose so that Marcus Satterfield gets fired. I'm I'm not, I ain't taking it that far. Uh I, I want to win. <laughs> I want to win for many reasons, guys. I you know, I you know I always keep it uh keep it real with you guys. I, I want to win for 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 fandom reasons. I want to win for personal reasons. I want to win for business reasons. I, I want to win for all the above. Reasons. So, um, yeah, and obviously I'm going to be watching the game from a wedding on Saturday night. So, I, I hopefully, you know, that, that would make that wedding much more enjoyable. Obviously, I'm still going to enjoy myself, my sister's wedding. But, uh, yeah, would like to, yeah, would like to watch us get a dub. I would love that. I would love that. Anyways, let's see. Let's see. I appreciate all those in the Big Cock Club Discord. You guys always keeping it, uh, keeping it entertaining. Sure, I appreciate that. Tom Herman, Garrett Riley. We're just seeing some names thrown around for guys you would want to be OC. How much of it do you put on the wide receivers? I see a lot of you talking about the wide receivers. Travis Allen says, if we come out flat in the first half, Rattler needs to be benched, and we need to put Doty in. See, this is this is new developments here on this on this Wednesday. I I feel like today is the first day where we're realistically having people calling for Spencer Rattler to be benched. I I, I feel like I feel like this is the first day I can really recall that happening. Austin Greer says he wants Matt Rule, so you're assuming Rule is going to get fired from the Panthers. I dig music. What's up, man? How are you?
4: Hey, that last caller uh, sort of made me think of something, maybe kind of posed a question to you. If it meant that Satterfield would get fired, there would be no question that he would get fired. Would you be okay with a loss going into it? If you knew ahead of time that he would get fired.
0: No, nah, man, I w- I want to win games. <laughs>
4: right?
3: Okay. Good. I want I want to win. That's I want to win
0: games, man. I I just I, I can tell you this. Like if Satterfield got fired next week, cool. But that that I'd much rather get a win. It I'd sounds like there's a, a
4: lot of fans that would take a loss if they knew he would be
0: gone. Well, you he know, just, like I said, man. Admittedly, I have a little bit of a different vantage point. I'm gonna sell a lot more T-shirts after a win than a loss. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Just keeping it real. <laughs> so,
4: hey, I think we're going to win. I think we're going to be all right. We're gonna have a good bye week going to Texas AM with some good spirits. At least we could hope for
0: it. Yeah, I mean, there's really, I mean, I tell you, man, there's really no excuse after the after the extra time to get ready, and you know, you're finally, you're you're, you're as healthy as you've been in a while. I, there's no excuse time, not to play it. well. I mean, there's we're, just no excuse not it. to play well. There's just there's just not. You know, if if you I, and I'll tell you this, if you don't play well and you lay an egg and you know, let's say Kentucky covers that ten and a half. Head should roll, man. I head should roll, bottom line. There there should be a massive shakeup. I'm not saying beamer, obviously, but like something has to give. Something's gotta change. It's it won't be good enough. I mean, again, like I said uh yesterday, I mean, if you if you've got to just say, well, just tip your cap to Kentucky, like if you're at that point, if you're at that point, you you sad state of affairs in my mind.
4: Yeah, we talked in the offseason about some of these games that have streaks going on like uh, A&M and Clemson and Kentucky and and Georgia, well, this is one that you got to go get period because the other three are a little less attainable. So if you're going to break the streak, I mean, eventually you're due, you're due for it. And eventually it's got to happen. So Hmm. I think, you know, last year we got close, and that, that may have been the game, honestly, but to do it, but we'll see.
0: We shall see, my friend. I mean, I, I'm expecting a great game Saturday night. I am. And I'm excited to to break it down as we move further into the week and and, and obviously lock in the prediction I'm on Friday. I'm expecting
4: you know. that, too. Yeah. I'm expecting that, too. Beamer
0: can say all he wants in the press conference. He knows how big this game is. He knows how big it is. I agree. It's just it's, – it's, it's a huge game because it's hard for anybody to convince themselves that South Carolina is really – a contender of any sort, right, if you can't beat Kentucky. It just –
4: Go up there and play to win. Don't go up there and play not to lose or play conservative. Just go up there to win, man. Let it all hang out. Have fun. You know, keep – you know, throw the ball. Throw the ball down the field. Throw it vertically. Just have some fun, man. And then, you know, at least at the end of the day, you could say we, we put everything into it. We tried our best, you know. I'll hang up and listen, man.
0: Thank you. Indeed, I dig music. I appreciate the call, man. Really, really good stuff. And and I would say this, guys, and and uh, I I will save this commentary for next week if it's needed. Obviously, I, I won't expand on it too much. But you know, as as we talk about as we talk about this game against Kentucky, right, and the importance of it for us, and and what it means. If you lose, right? If you lose Saturday. Eighth loss in the last nine meetings is what it would be. If you lose this game, we've really, on Monday, we've really got to sit down and have an honest conversation. We've got to sit down and and come to terms with what the Gamecocks football program is. We just, we have to. you, You just have to. Because there is an inflated sense of what this program is by many. That support it, and I'm not trying to come at anybody, but there's this, there's this, this, uh, this view of the program that I feel like it's inaccurate, right? And and people cling to 10, 11, 12, 13, and and uh, if you lose to Kentucky for the eighth time in the last nine years. You, have, you really have to have an honest evaluation and an honest look at your program, right? Because you can give all the credit in the world to Kentucky, but, like, there will be, I said this over the summer, there will be no denying if you lose on Saturday. Kentucky has passed you as a football program. There will not be any debate. It will just be fact. It will be fact. It will be fact. The only way to solve that problem is to go win. Like I, I, I don't, I don't blame Kentucky for talking crap this week. They should be. They should be. God, I mean, it, it, it's a game, guys. As uh, you know, I, I talked with J.C. Sherbert and Phil Melanx this morning, and you know, I talked with some others. It's a game Kentucky expects to win, and they should. They should, you know? So, I, you know, it's tough. It's, it's just tough. It's, it's a tough pill to swallow, but it's, it, it's, it's the reality. It is the reality. And I and I count my my blessings every day that I, I create content for a team that the Gamecock fans, the fan base is so loyal. I mean, you guys are so loyal. Win, lose, or draw. We're talking about a group of folks that sat through zero and eleven, right? One in 10, one in twenty-one. I, I don't know if we're. We're crazy or ignorant or just don't know any better, but we continue to show up week after week, year after year, expecting something different than what we've seen for over a hundred years. I mean, that's that's the reality. It is, that's the reality of Carolina football outside of a three-four year pocket. You know, when people ask me the questions over the off season, right? It's off season talk. You know, will we ever win an SEC championship? Will we ever win a national championship? I want to believe that will happen. Yes. I want to believe it will happen, but history says no. History emphatically says no. And, hey, it's only year two, like I said. It's only year two. Shane Beamer doesn't have a, you know, he hasn't lost seven of eight to Kentucky. Carolina Football has, but he hasn't. He's lost one. And a game that I picked Kentucky to win the game. But this is a big one, just for perception perception of the program and how folks view it it's a big game but I will say I don't think you know talking to Stephen Hartzell College Sports Now which check out the podcast guys that dropped this morning talking to him and and those nationally they're not out on Shane Beamer they're having no doubts I, I think most nationally thought that our expectations this year even with adding Spencer Rattler were foolish right and they understand it's a slow grind and it's a slow build and Nobody wants to hear that. What we should have been saying all summer was, hey, year two, a lot like year one. As long as you make a bowl game, you win six or more, you had a successful year. That's kind of where I'm at right now, guys. My my expectations of this season have completely changed. If we get to six wins or more, we go to a bowl game, we're playing in the postseason, I'm I'm happy at this point. I'm happy. Anything beyond six, if you go seven and five or better, gravy, you had a hell of a year. You had a hell of a year. But I think you got to be in for the long haul when it comes to Shane Beaver. You you just have to because rotating coaches in and out, in and out, in and out hadn't hadn't worked in Columbia. Just hadn't. Just has not worked. So I think you got to lock in for the long haul. Recruiting's going well. As long as that's going well, your program's going well. And Coach Ford, they didn't say that at Arkansas, Tennessee, or Ole Miss. Well, those are different situations than this, Coach Ford. Carolina ain't them schools. Bottom line. Guys, we've hit 2 o'clock. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Appreciate the love, the support. Uh, Obviously, check out the podcast that dropped this morning, episode 711 of the Spurs Up show uh, full breakdown and thoughts on Shane Beamer's Tuesday press conference. Uh, best bet for the game this week, and I got Gamecocks plus 10.5. Also, SEC gambling picks for week six, and a fantastic conversation with Stephen Hartzell of College Sports. Now, guys, also check out the Daily Crow on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. You can tune to this full show if you missed anything. And, again, appreciate those that called in, all you guys commenting, and Anthony Treashe Pro Football Focus for joining us today as well. Guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Have a fantastic rest of your Wednesday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care.